Hello, welcome back to the 831 podcast. It's been a while. Um, been busy, it's paragliding season. I've been flying and working, do all sorts of other stuff. Olympians is doing well. I've got guys fighting and stuff. So yeah, been busy, but we are back. Um, first of all, um, a shout out to my sponsors, long-term sponsors, forever sponsors of the podcast, Trojan Fitness, Trojan Nutrition, Bristol, Matty, Julie, all the guys down at Trojan. They've supported me through my whole career and I support them and will forever. Um, also, EJ Hair Clinic, see Emma at EJ Hair Clinic. Please go and find EJ Hair Clinic on social medias and share it. She's now a very good friend of mine. Uh, micropigmentation we worked together early on when she started a business and she just she's a great person she'll be on her at some point definitely so yeah follow emma um Nuvuk paragliders i'll give Nuvuk a shout out because they sorted me out with a new x1 this year and i absolutely love it it's made my season even more enjoyable comp flying and in ukxc so Nuvuk paragliders um i will give them a shout out there's Many people, Ridgeway Family Fitness, Olympians MMA. We're always looking for full-time sponsors of the podcast, so hit me up if you're interested. Um, today is, I really enjoyed today. It's a short one, a little hour. Hugh had some things to do, and uh, it was really enjoyable, really fun, exactly how my interactions with Hugh always are. Uh, I really enjoy spending time with him, talking to him, and this is no different. Hopefully you will as well. Um yeah, Hugh's had a great season in the XC League. He's a brilliant pilot, lots of history. But even if you're not into paragliding and you listen to these, I'm sure you'll be one of the people who message me and say, he's a really cool guy, I really enjoyed that story. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. We'll be back soon. I've got three more guests booked in, so there's more coming very soon. But in the meantime, this is episode 52, and this is Hugh Miller. <laughs> Okay, Hugh, thank you very much for joining me. It is my pleasure, Wes. <laughs> um, if I'm honest, this has been one that I've I wanted to do it for a while. And it, like the earlier on, earlier on in the season, I did think about getting you on. But then I saw that you did quite well in the league early on. And I thought, ah, this might turn out to be one where we do it at the end of the year, where we have a big XE league chasing discussion to have. And it turns out it did, so... I love the fact you're thinking about your schedule. That's uh, impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, or I have so little people to invite on, I just plan out when. <laughs> but you made the cut anyway. You're in. Oh, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> um, it's been. Uh, I, I think we can pretty much say the words now. It's been a great season because I I don't think there's going to be much more left of it, is there? It hasn't stopped. I mean, it, it was good in April and May. I mean, I was. I wasn't that into flying in March, April. I'd been sort of surfing quite a bit and enjoying that. And um, it's a lot of effort, especially from Bryson getting out flying. But then I went on a, a bike ride, sort of got into road cycling a bit. And I was with this club at the end of March and I went, I was cycling up Devil's Dyke and I saw pilots go over my head and I was like, that looks like a lot more fun than what I'm doing right now. And I was like, Okay, it did. It just looks stunning. So, like, okay, yeah, I'll get back, get back into flying. But yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing year. Yeah, it's. Uh, how do you go through the, uh, through the winter? Do you still fly or just do some stuff for the magazine, or not really bother with anything? Um, 
I, yeah, I do fly a bit. Yeah, I try and try and do it. I had a really good day in January when me and Ed from the magazine met up and we um, we met up at a train station and we kind of walked up the Ditchling Ridge and then took off and flew along it and stopped and made a coffee and then carried on, got a light thermal and sort of crossed onto the next ridge. So I did like a little mini sort of XC kind of adventure. It was about 40, 50 Ks when you joined it all up oh, wow. in January and that was really good fun. You know, you can still get some, get some nice bits in, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I, I don't, I don't, bother like my when when my wing goes away from xe now if it's the end of this month it probably won't come out till february i don't do anything i don't i mean i might someone might ask for a tandem i might take the tandem out or something but i get the eagle out and i do other things and you know i don't do anything then until yeah. the xc season starts again and so i sort of lose track of who's actually still doing some flying and stuff you know yeah yeah fair enough yeah well down here it's a slightly different climate so you know we, we sort of have it's a bit like monaco kind of you know in france you know, <laughs> like you know the winter thermals sea thermals it's all happening whereas you know we're doing no, I, in january yeah i mean you said sea thermals and that's where my jealousy ended like i was like, when no, you said I, monaco I, I don't bother either i don't fly the cliffs i don't you know i people talk about sea thermals but it just always seems like a bit too much of an effort to go to beachy heads and yeah it's yeah i don't know yeah it's not not for me really i'm yeah. i'm kind of the same i like going inland on on good days and doing a bit of local stuff but yeah yeah people are always 30 seem to... years i mean i should be bored of it. <laughs> that's what i was coming to because how does a man with a 30-year paragliding career look substantially younger than me for a start and substantially younger than your actual age well i didn't spend my 20s getting beaten up i mean that might have got ah. something to do with it ah. <laughs> so perhaps the secret Jokes. is not so much of a secret um i think it's the lighting as well you know i'm just it's a very muted lighting in here but yeah <laughs> there we go I'm definitely definitely caught up in the last few years yeah <laughs> yeah um so you said you you've been flying for 30 years what where did it start and what, how did it come about? Because I guess 30 years ago, the sport for me is still quite young and I've yeah. only been in it, I don't know, like eight years, nine years, I don't know however long it is. And, uh, but for 30 years, the sport was a very different thing back then yeah. than it is now. So how did it come about? It isn't, it isn't. I mean, um, it was basically the cheapest way to fly. Um, I wanted to fly and I wanted, you know, when I was like a kid, I was always wanting to fly. Um, and, um, yeah uh it, back then it was really cheap to fly it was like 30 quid a day and you could i think i passed my club pilot exam in a day literally i just i inflated on this slope and got taken up and soared and then got blown over the back and that's the top landing and i was signed off you know it was like um i i just yeah I, I did my gcses and i did some sort of jobs in a garden center and stuff to earn some money and i bought a wing for 400 quid you know all my flying kit was like it was, it was quite cheap you know even I know money was more expensive back then, but it was it was cheap for for what it was. And um, yeah, I did a an RAF. They did this thing called an RAF flying scholarship, where they basically taught you to fly for free at a civilian airfield. But it was going to be too too expensive to carry that on. So yeah, I got in got more and more into into paragliding. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's that how so how old are you like at that point? I started when I was just before I was sixteen. Okay. Yeah. 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 And what was the, uh, it was just, did you, was there XC then? Did you know of XC or was it just oh, yeah. that you wanted to fly? Yeah, no, there's definitely XC. And I really wanted to hang glide because that, that really cool. But, um, but yeah, there was, there was, yeah, I mean, I went XC on my second season. I did like eight Ks and then I did like 28 Ks with Judy Ledden. And then I went into the nationals the year after and kind of went from there. And so, uh, yeah, I was really, 
I mean, a day, yeah, I was there when Richard Carter did the first 100K flight. He did like 105Ks from Merthyr in 94. Um, and the whole thing was just, it's like it is now. It's just magic. It's like just, my God, you flew 100Ks. You know, that's it's just mind-blowing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just... Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I still... I've done a fair few hundreds now, but still every time I do a hundred, I still get like a little, like, I, even if the, the day ends at 115 K and it was a 200 K day, part of me is always still sort of relieved or happy that I've done a hundred, you know, it's like, yeah. still seems a bit of a, a benchmark. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I, know, I mean, the numbers, you know, this whole thing, like, oh, I don't do Tesco points. I don't do numbers and whatever, but it's still satisfying, isn't it? You know, you, you, of course you enjoy the views and, the feeling of thermaling and the picking the right lines and all the rest of it. If you do 200 Ks, it feels a lot better. Sorry. Exactly. And people like the league for me, um, it's not, I, I don't, I don't care about winning the league. It's not something I like go out at the beginning to aspire to do. I'm going to, because I understand the commitment it takes from yourself and because of Graham spending a lot of time with him when he was pursuing it. So I don't ever go out to, to win the league, but every time I go out, I go out to improve my score on the league. Yeah. That's what the league does for me. It goes out and, and it pushes me or gives me something to say, that's your number. Improve that. Get better than that. Do better than that. And it's never my smallest number I'm trying to knock off. I'm trying to improve my biggest number, you know. And yeah. that's what the league does for me. I am chasing points, but not if I have a if I bomb it 100k, I'm never sad about it. I'm like, oh, next time I'm going to improve those points, you know. Uh, you're 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 a better you're a bigger person than me. <laughs> I but I'm not. But I'm not chasing the league. You've been chasing yeah, the league. Nor was I. I mean, I I I in I was chasing. I did. I won it in 2016 after trying a lot. I was really trying, and I was Mike Cav was brilliant, and I was just fucking up all my instruments, and you know, I was just a just a a mess basically and then I got it together in 2016 and won that and then in 2017 I was chasing it in 2018 I, was, I just gave up and just tried to fly as big flights as I could and just went for went for big flights and then won it just sort of you know through through trying trying new things and flying with Luke and Mark who are absolutely amazing pilots and then this year I definitely was not trying to win the league and I when I put the triangle in from Sharp and I was like fuck this puts me in the league and actually when I came when I was like fifth when people started doing big triangles I was like that's better that's way better because <laughs> honestly being in the lead or being in the top three it just it sort of does your head in a bit because it takes you think well I could win this so or I better just oh I can't just commit to that or I better just you know check this and it's it's not great it's not it's not yeah, it's yeah. Um, full skulls is what gavin mcclough and you know and all it means is at the north south cup you just go oh, you get a little cup and goes hey. it's like no one cares no one cares but uh, yeah you know, um, that's from i mean it, it would be prestigious to win the the xc league and i'm not talking it down in the slightest it just it's not a motivation for me no. more so because of how i've spent my professional sports career so yeah i, uh, I sort of know I know what commitment to achieve something in sport takes. And I know wholeheartedly it would have taken some serious commitment for you to be where you are this year with the points that you're on and to be in a position to win it. It's not a case of a hobbyist is turned out and flown and won the XC League. I think also like you, you fly with a really nice group of pilots, don't you? Like you mm -hmm. go up with, with Tom and Laurie and, and, and Joe and, you know, whoever's around, but, you know, you've got a really nice group of pilots yeah. that with Idris as well. And I, you know, the, the reason I've got back into it, so we've got this amazing new group of pilots. I, mean, I, I went on the Southern, I went on the Southern sites earlier this year 
and I basically didn't recognize anyone. It's like, who are all these really keen, enthusiastic pilots going, yeah, let's take off at 10. Yeah, let's do this. And it's like, gee, I mean, the Southern Club in the last few years, it, they, well, there's this new group, it's called the No Cheeses, and it's basically yeah. just, just fly and stop fucking about, stop stop talking people down if you want to fly and it's safe go and do it and and it's just it's it's a different club now it's incredible very different from three or four years ago so having that around you and you know someone going let's do this it, you know having andrew and james and tom and and, and others around it, it it makes it such a laugh and you know makes you want to go and and, and try new things again yeah, it no, it no, it's no longer just about the the XC. That's the great thing. When Idris and I started big last year, and it, it was really just Idris and I really pushing. Then sort of Al joined on, and Kirsty joined on, and then we formed that little group. Yeah, I, I said to everyone at the end because I wasn't doing the league at that point, and Idris was like, "You've got to do the league." I'm like, "I'm only here to help you win the league, mate. I'm not doing the league." He's like, "You've got to do, you've got to win the league." And then one day I made goal at near Westbury, and he didn't, so I decided I'd put it on the league. So. <laughs> And that's how I started doing the league again. Um, but what it did was it just, I said to the guys at the end, this was my favourite season flying XC apart from my first ever season. This was my my favourite season because it's just been so memorable. The planning the day before, the looking at the weather three days before, the changing tasks en route, Kirsty ringing. And it just gave such a different element to simply just going out and flying. Yeah. And when you get to a certain point, you know, you're not going out on a hundred K day is maybe something that like we maybe don't do, you know, we might think, ah, that's the day when we don't go out, but it gives you the impetus on those other days. And it's like a one fifty, right, let's go. You get excited about it again. And it brings back that element that was sort of missing for me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I'd agree with that. Yeah. And then now you've, you guys have got, obviously that, that Southern club, I've been lucky enough to make good friends with Andrew this year and fly with Andrew a lot. Who's obviously a great pilot and he's great to chill with. Martin came up and did some stuff with Martin. And then you've been on the seat. I'm uh, you and I have not flown with each other much this year. Every time I've flown with you, I've bombed, I think, but, uh, or, or one of us is bombed anyway. Let's just say one of us is bombed. Um, but I think you even managed to outfly me with knots in your lines and stuff, mate, if we're going to be honest. But, <laughs> that was, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah that was fucking uh, yeah i mean that that was a strange day wasn't it yeah that was that was windy and um yeah uh i didn't you know it's one of those things i was just like looking for somewhere safe to land and um yeah it seemed safer to climb out and just glide a bit further and then oh, i was like i saw it i can turn this way so let's go yeah. yeah but yeah that was that was that was an adventure yeah yeah that was the day when i, I thought we were all going to do something together but then because we'd got off earlier and you, yeah. you were sorting out your rig and stuff and then yeah. uh you when you launched you and andrew you both seemed to be pretty low and i was because obviously we all boomed up when we launched yeah. Alan lawrence and it didn't happen for you guys and part of me was like oh, I don't know what's what's going on there. Maybe there's a missed cycle. And then James had started to climb. And I was like, I better go just in case, you know. And it just turned out it was just 20, 25 minutes ahead. You guys was just too too soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's obviously, it's it's good to, to all fly together. 
um and it's good to kind of make plans and all meet up and stuff but actually flying is so fickle and things you just have to make the most of where you are at the time and you know if the if the forecast it, i sort of feel like because we've got so much you know connection now and anyone can message anyone and everyone's sort of you know early in the season everyone's like what's your plan what's your plan and you know you sort of think oh my god 50 people are going to turn up on this hill and then people change plans and stuff and i think people get annoyed that other people you know you, you just have to be pretty fluid and just be prepared to change the plan on the day and even on takeoff and if you're in a good climb at takeoff and it's a windy day you've got you've got to go because if you don't you know you might be sat waiting for another hour so um, exactly I didn't hate you too much Wes you know (laughs) I was it was one of those things where you guys came like Andrew came on the radio he's like are you guys even turning we were like 30k ahead of you or something and I said to Lawrence I was like Lawrence we need to slow down because we I know we need to be together but just even when you're thermaling, the drift on it was just so much. I was like, we can't really, but the sky looks amazing. And then all of a sudden it just didn't. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you didn't hate me as you were flying over Milton Keynes thinking, I'm sure that's where Wes landed a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, but that's the great, that's the great thing about this, right? It's you go out and you've sort of got, you've sort of got things sus that you can get a comp wing, launch it off of a hill, run, get a theorem on fly. You've got it sus, right? This is it. You know, it's paraglide. And then all of a sudden, oh, actually there's a bit more I needed to know because yeah, this hasn't worked out for me. You know, that's, that's yeah. the best bit about this, right? Yeah. It's a, yeah. And I think it's, it's constantly humbling, isn't it? And um I think the the big, I think the thing that we all struggle with is it's so visual. You know, if you lose a game of tennis or table tennis or whatever, wow, it's the same ball going back and forth. When when you don't do so well in paragliding, someone is literally four thousand feet over your head and five k's away, and you know you don't feel like your nose could get rubbed in it any harder. You know, (laughs) it's really, really, really just evident and, and we can overplay that and think that people who are you know only 5k's away already at the coast or whatever and and start comparing how we're doing with them and it's really hard I think to to wind that in and have faith in what you're doing and where you are and just bring your focus back to, to what you're doing so yeah so th- this year was there a point where you where it clicked for you and you thought actually I care I'm gonna I'm gonna go for this or was it just perpetuation of the fact that it just kept getting better and it was just always work when you were going out so you were like I'm going out I'm going out or was there you know times where right, I'm, I've got to make the sacrifices I'm not going to work I'm not doing this I'm not doing stuff with my partner I'm boom I'm going flying um I think early on I kind of felt like I clicked with the Zeno 2 quite well it's quite a sort of it's not it's not uh it's not as sniffy as the Enzo three, but it tells you what's going on in, in a way that you can start to trust it. So it's pulling you into climb. So that gave me the confidence that and I felt like I was flying okay. And also at the North South Cup, I just I think for the for the most time ever, I just had a sort of don't really care kind of attitude and I'm just gonna go off this way and I'm gonna I'm gonna do my thing kind of thing. So um so that sort of gave me confidence that I was flying okay but I don't know I mean I, I, I didn't I didn't go out on the good days in June when you did the big triangles um I've only really gone out on the, on the days that I could I mean I work Monday Tuesday Wednesday for the NHS so it's I can't really get out those days I, I went out one t- one Tuesday this year um but yeah no I, I don't yeah I think I just kept just looking at the good days and obviously last weekend like we had Friday Saturday Sunday potentially looking good but they all didn't quite pan out and 
um jake herbert like tried to go and do a big triangle on friday and was texting me from the bus going i'm eating a pork pie and i didn't make it don't worry about <laughs> it and i was like okay like, eating my smashed avocado on toast texting him back going oh, bad luck you know <laughs> so um yeah i was a bit like you know edgy about you know is jake gonna go out and do another big one because he did he's had a fantastic season did, done a lot of good triangles but um yeah i don't know if that answers your question or not i just yeah it's slightly done my head in for the last six weeks is probably the the honest answer just go i'd love to be all chills and go yeah it doesn't matter i don't do it for the points but you know if you're in a good position then you are sort of like yeah i want to make sure this sticks kind of thing you know in in, yeah so um so yeah yeah, way too early but jake's going to go and do like a 200 200 k next week and i'll be like "Ah!" if there's a 200 k day next week you'll be there not that it matters. I'm so <laughs> matter. I am. Um, I like. I like. I, I have. I have this argument personally with with Joe Dart a lot about the league. But then I see other people with the league and stuff, and like people saying, like people seem to be. People think it's strange if it matters to you. I don't. I don't get that. Like if right. people like people seem to say like, oh, I'm, chasing the Tesco points or doing this. I'm like, but and you're like, well, yeah, it's a competition. But we all tell each other things to make ourselves feel better, right? So, you know, I didn't do three. I I was really, I was on. I thought I was on for doing 300Ks on Monday. And I did. And I I probably fucked up at the end. Well, I did fuck up because I landed and I didn't do 300Ks. And I was telling myself, oh, it's just the sea air coming in. Oh, no, it's a riddle and I don't know how to find the way through of it. Well, I just chose the wrong cloud, basically. But I'll I'll make myself feel better and less of a dick by doing that. It's the same thing with, with points if, you know, I'm not saying all the pilots that... But we, we we adapt our story, don't we, to fit? And I've I've said for and, and it's personal, like you know, for two or three years, I I couldn't be asked for the league, and I know how much it does your head in and all the rest of it. But equally, I can get that if you are doing well, then why not go for it and and try? I remember Alex was <laughs> about three years ago. Alex was like, oh, I'm, I'm doing the league. I'm he didn't do the dragon hike and fly, and and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake! But I've been in the same position the year before, so you know you can't yeah. put your shit on someone else, can you? You know, it's it's in it's. Yeah. It's one of those sports where there's lots, there's lots to do. You can go and do comps, you can do the league, you can not do the league, whatever. It doesn't matter. But yeah, that that's the thing. And I just think like when people do the league, like people talk about it as if it ruins, like ruins my flying because I'm yeah. going to the, and I'm like, it's the only reason I fly. And it's not even for right. me. It's not about trying to win the league. It's just trying to be better on the league is yeah. the only reason I go out. I look at it and I'm like. There might be 150 in the day. That's not even going to score me points. So I'm not going to yeah. bother today. I'll go to work. You know, oh, it looks like there's a 200 kit. I'm not missing that. If it looks like it could be a 200, I'll be there. And it gives you, like, that's the reason you get. I guess, yeah. And I guess, like, it's one of those activities where you're always trying to do a bit better. You're trying to thermal better. You're trying to understand the weather better. You're trying to glide better. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're just bumbling about the sky not trying any of those things not even trying to fly safer which probably isn't very safe is it but most of us i think are trying to do something better in flying right mm-hmm. so you know this is just a bit of a, a game isn't it to, to encourage you on that on that way of doing things a little bit better really and you know i think you know the uk is quite unique and we have you know declared goals and stuff and lots of you know big multipliers for that but that really gets your head thinking about what the weather's doing in the airspace and you know what's the going to be the best area so i think ultimately that helps as well you know yeah yeah i agree like the planning big triangles and just moving the last leg a few degrees just because the wind all of those things are little tactics and little things that you try but consequentially get you in or don't get you in that's 
that's what makes it so brilliant, I think, is yeah. all those little nuances that we have within our league. Because X contest, you can just upload flights, which I get. Like, but, but when you've got that declared aspect of the UK XC League or the multiplier for triangles, it's a huge. It gives you a, a huge tactical edge to the yeah. things that you do. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, and you know, I think they actually do a fantastic job. The the, the fact that they validate, they they have to go through, you know. I don't know how many flights, 2,000 flights. They look at every single one and check mm. airspace. I mean, that's quite a job, isn't it? So the fact that it is so well organised, I think, is is a is a credit. And I know that there are lots of, you know, lots of ways in which it could be changed or improved. And you know, I I, I agree there are definitely changes. But you know, as a as a sort of um, as a voluntary run uh, comp, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been lucky enough and unfortunate enough this year to have dealt with the league a lot, um, whether it be Gary or John. Um, I've dealt with them a lot this year with airspace infringements and stuff with Kivo and then uh, pilots saying they have issue with this. So I'm like, look, I have a good relationship. I'll speak to them because, I mean, they're not going to get back to everybody because it's so busy with the stuff that they've got going on. Yeah. And you speak to the guys and you realise, like, when you talk to John about the league, and you hear how passionate he just loves the league. He loves what it stands for. He loves looking at the daily scores. Like I didn't realise he looked at the daily scores most days and used to see, like, he'd, I'd speak to him. He'd be like, oh, I saw that you flew this on Tuesday or whatever. He's just like, I'm like, how cool is that? He's looking. Like, he actually cares still about it. But, you know, they've got little bit, little nuances in there, little things in there that other people aren't happy with. But you've got to say, there's the competition rules. They're set out. That's what they're going to enforce until they change them rules. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't know what amount of money you'd want to do the job because it's it's a laborious job. And also yeah, what a, pe- sure. a lot of people forget is they're doing this job in the height of paragliding season. Yeah. So whilst you're prepping to go out for the next day to go XC flying or something, they're looking through all the flights that people have done the previous weeks or in the middle of the season. It's not like it's retrospectively three months later, you know? Yeah, but it's not flyable up north. So, you know, what else they going to do? He lives in Sheffield. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That, that's why he's never going to win the league. got to remember that. We live, we, you know, we are very lucky to live where we live. It's been quite a different experience for people in the north or in Scotland. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, that's why Jake and those guys, um, when they when Jake committed to the tail end of this season and was just getting all the way down here, like last year, Idris and I were like, well, we'll go wherever it is. I booked Scotland twice and cancelled on the morning of the flight because the yeah. weather looked bad. Like that's like Idris was like, we're going wherever it is, and Jake seems to have done that this year and a lot on his own. Yeah, and you've got to say like that commitment. For, for me, I think Bristol's probably the best place in the country to yeah. live for paragliding. Um, yeah, yeah. And so you look at people like those guys and they're just jumping on that motorway and go wherever it takes. It's a, a massive commitment. I had one uh, one thing that totally did my head in. in what was it? In, I think at the end of May, I get pretty much free train travel because my partner works for a train company. So, you know, it costs me 12 quid to get back from Devon the other day it's like it's not a problem and I can book just last minute but Mark obviously doesn't so we had a good forecast for Model Ridge 
And I thought, yeah, let's go. So I went to the train station on like Tuesday, booked him a ticket because it's advanced. It's a lot cheaper, isn't it, if you book them in advance? So we, we had, spoke to Dave Smart. He kindly agreed to pick, put us up. He lives at the foot of Mongol Ridge, right? Sorted, right? And then obviously on Thursday, the forecast changes and it looks a bit more like Lord Seats. I ring Richard Carter. <laughs> go to the train station, buy another advance ticket. And I was like, and then on Friday, the whole fucking thing crapped out. And I was like, <laughs> so it's basically, I was walking to the station with my paraglider and like, two tickets mark had come off from work and i was like I, that just did my head in i was like right scrap the whole thing get the refunds <laughs> you know just yeah. i mean i don't know weather forecasting this year is probably i think rasp has been the worst it's ever been and then all of a sudden it became really good and was really switched on then it went crap again it's been i think to this season most of all it's been it looks decent i'm going out because not i can't look any more into it ah uh, okay well i might be getting something wrong there i mean i i do spend quite a lot of time looking at rasp and sky site and then i look at windy and then i look at the top cover and i look at the met office and because I, I agree rasp rasp it's rasp red as soon as the sun comes out so you can yeah. do that but i have a few discounters now so i'll look at look at rasp and, and sky site and lash and then I'll, I'll start discounting like if if i see top cover or medium cover or all the things that rasp doesn't seem to pick up that well but i mean yeah it's been in terms of sea breeze forecasting it's been pretty spot on both rasp and sky site like both for for monday for the, the flight down to devon showing where where it cut off and then just like i did an out and return down here and it was spot on showing showing where it kind of came in and, and how far too so um yeah and, but i mean it was it was spot on the other day on that triangle that we 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 just missed out on lawrence and i as well just it said there was going to be a band and yeah. it looked, looked mottled on, I was like, well, that could be just shaded out sky because of cloud. And it was, it was just 25 minutes, half an hour of just a patch of shaded out. You could still see there's like 10K either side was beautiful, but there's no way you could get there and still complete your triangle. You'd be, you'd be done yeah. for, you know? So yeah, it was pretty bang on then as well. But generally it's been, Rasp has been the worst. And thankfully, because we have our small group, you've got some people using SkySight. I use, so I use Rasp, XC Weather, um windy and i will look at met office here and there that's about it really but then other people chipping in with other things it's pretty much like yeah i'm going because this is i'm going i'm like right i'm going then yeah yeah, yeah it's just it's been the the way this season for me just to punt and just it looks good i'm going for it you know yeah i guess that's i mean in brighton we re it's a bit more committing like we've got it'll be three hours to get anywhere so um so yeah it's uh and also i've got you know well, Andrew looks at that quite a lot. James does. Tom does. Um, Mark literally will just he'll wake up at ten past six and pull out his phone and look at XC weather and he goes, "Now nah, it looks cloudy," and that's it. <laughs> so <laughs> he's, I think he's got the best approach, to be honest. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not. He do, Mark's not doing the league or anything, is he? He's not. Uh... Mark. Mark's had some good flights. I mean, he we did a a flight in April from Berle to Swindon, which is like. 150 or something it's the longest flight we've done out of sussex in a really odd direction and what else did we do we did something else together that you did you run out in return this year he didn't do that with me no i did that on my own he's, he did, he's, he's, he's building a house so he's been really involved okay. in that like he's properly and he's working as well to try and pay for it so yeah he's been yeah. he's been very busy he was on the big was he on the first 200 of the year with you as well with andrew oh yeah from, that's right yeah, yeah yeah we went from galway yeah yeah that was a good yeah. day yeah. I was sat fishing, watching you on live track. Pretty <laughs> much come over my head as I was sat in Fairford. 
no better way to spend the day. <laughs> um, I guess it's it's better to have started not flying than to have started flying in bombed. It's better to have watched you flown over knowing that I wasn't with you an hour before, you know? Right, right. <laughs> There's some solace in that, I guess, but not not a lot. Do you, um, when when you're in that sort of situation, you're not flying and thinking about others flying, and you you know it's not going to be good for you to look at XC track, right? You know, you know, it's like it's like smoking and picking up. You know it's not going to be good for yeah. you. You do it anyway, and then you do it again an hour later, and then you do it again a, an hour later. An hour? Well, the <laughs> no, you're on it. There's no, if I'm watching a flight and it's looking like it's going to be yeah. decent, 30 minutes is the longest. Really? Because I think if you're, say you're at 1500 meters, yeah. 30 minutes is the long enough time, I think, for you to really fuck it up. Yeah. Or if you're still going to be doing quite well, I can look at it and be like, yeah, you're still doing well. Look at it in 30 minutes again. Do you so, know what I mean? So I think. Wait, can, I, can you be honest with me now? Yeah. So. You're checking every half an hour to see if they fucked it up. It's a part of you kind of going, oh, go on, you're getting low. Go on, land, land, land. <laughs> no, mate, I tell you what. No, it's not. So part of me. <laughs> there, when you say part of me, how big a part? <laughs> I don't, you don't need to say anymore. That's fine. That's fine. Very honest. Very honest. No, I like, I, it's like for me, it's like, um, a masochistic thing, a sadism. It's like, I look at it and I'm like, should have fucking gone, shouldn't you? Should have gone. And then I look at it 20 minutes later and I'm like, ah, see, should have gone, shouldn't you? And then <laughs> if, if someone bombs 10K short of where they should, I'm like, ah, it's a good job you went to work. And it's more, that's how I treat it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I had a very funny afternoon in 2017 when it was between me and Graham for the league. And I was sat in Mark's um, garden with... Annie and Luke, and we were watching, watching Graham. We were all just like, fucking land, land. Because like, <laughs> they hadn't got away from Galway. And we're like, ah, oh, it's fucked here. Yeah, they're fucked here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just enjoy, enjoy your cup of tea. We're all fine. And yeah. It's like we had a voodoo doll. We're just like this. I'm just being honest, you know. No, I mean, it's... if you're with mates, it's all part of the fun. Yeah, of course. And the thing is, did a good flight, but like, you know, it's just, yeah. And you've got to be, I mean, there's lots of people who, who will hopefully listen to this and people who do the league who don't comprehend what it's like at the top of the league. Like if you're really looking like chasing it, you know, if you're really because they go out, they fly their flights, they do good flights, they put it on, they're happy, they've done a PB, they've happy, they've improved their score. But when you get to the point where you and Graham were... It's because no, no. As I said, I, I, I don't care. I'm sure Graham doesn't care really. But you get locked into that little thing, don't you? It's like, like during a game of squash, you just want to fucking win. It's just like you know. Exactly. Yeah. And so this... it's the same thing. It's not. It's not all of you. It's not like you're this super competitive person who just needs to win because you know whatever. It's just in in that time you're like, oh, I want to do well. And you know, as I say, it's. It, it, whatever it doesn't really matter where you come in september to march who cares it's just it's just a game you know yeah and it's i mean you should care because you should want to fly better i mean when you said or just just a minute ago you said about um always trying to improve and trying to yeah. learn stuff how how much uh do you think you are constantly improving in learning when you fly a paraglider as you've got you've got 30 years in i mean if we were to reel off accolades you have pretty much all of them that can be had within the, you've been british champ right i have yeah so you have pretty much all the accolades that are available um and so 
over those years, you've amassed all this knowledge. How much do you think you're still adding to that? Because, I mean, I know as a competitor in, let's say, jiu-jitsu or MMA, I've been fighting for 22 years. I know how much I gain each time I train, even if it's with a white belt. So for people who are listening and are maybe at the beginning of flying or, and they're thinking, like, oh, when, when you get to that age or that experience, you've sussed it. How much do you think you're adding each time to the well? Oh, I'm, I'm always, I mean, I'm always, I'm always doubtful when I'm flying. Like, is this the right way to go? Is it, you know, you're so I don't think of it so much as like a progression in skill in terms of circling the perfect circle because when i flew with a fucking wing with knots in it it was just flying like a bag of shit and it still flew okay it's just a, it's just about putting it in the right place mm-hmm. so if you if if you think that way it's about where you put your wing then it's about decision making ultimately that's what it comes down to and that's that's affected by your mental state and your emotions and all the rest of it and your ability to manage those and keep calm and and be rational i think and i'm always i'm always working on that and you know it's um yeah, so you're always I'm flying towards the cloud, not sure which bit's going to work. Thinking that that will work, testing it out, and it's how quick you can connect with it. How you know, and then you get shown up by someone 100 meters to your right, and you know, you, I think it's a constant. It's a constant game, isn't it? It's like it's so three dimensional. So many, so many aspects to it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think we're all all learning all the time, and I'm probably learning as much this year as as any other any other year just different elements of the same thing and different new little nuances or little tweaks i guess or and i guess because you're on a different wing the wing flies differently too yeah Uh, um okay so uh, i think another thing is is your your own confidence in your decisions and i think that's grown for me this year um it's particularly if you fly with really good pilots like with Mark and, and Luke and Roger as I have um, and Kirsty and others you know if they're flying a lot better than you or they're, they're leading out you can start doubting your own kind of you know your own decisions and this year because uh, Mark's been building a house he hasn't been able to show me up so I've I've developed confidence in in my own decisions but you know there's one flight when after 180 k's he went that way i went that way and i was getting lower and lower and lower watching him go lower 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 and it was like oh you know who's made the right call and that starts doing doing your head in you start getting tense and you know so it's just it's it's just learning to just be okay with with your decisions i guess is quite important yeah i mean that that, that they're the bits that i thrive on if i bomb and I, he doesn't there that's yeah. the time where i'm like right what went wrong and then yeah. I'm looking at the sky. I'm looking at, yeah. you know, like, did I have any footage of it 10 minutes before? Yeah. Or what? And it gets in my head then. I'm like, right, well, that's the that's the bits that keep me paragliding. Because yeah. if I could go out and fly yeah. to my goal every so, single time, I, I'd be yeah, done, right? I agree. And I've been, after I, I took pictures in the in the, the Devon flight at, from about 240Ks on, I took pictures and I landed and I was like, what the fuck happened there? And I was looking at the cloud I went for. I looked for the cloud that I didn't go for. I was looking at the tendrils and just trying to, trying to work it out and yeah it's yeah it's uh it's good it keeps you interested doesn't it definitely yeah i mean i think that's the irrespective of winning the league irrespective of flying far irrespective like if i if it's if it's a 200k day and i bomb at 195k what the fuck did i do wrong was it pilot error did the day just die i need to know because you texted me and you went how the fuck did you only manage to do 275 on that sky and i was like yeah where, where's your you know you don't think I, i'm thinking the same thing i am not i was like i landed at 
half four on you know it's like how how with really good wind um really good wind yeah, but it was an exceptionally good flight, especially seen as what had happened to Andrew as well earlier on. It was an exceptionally good flight. It was tricky. It looked like one of those days, um, I wasn't flying, obviously, it looked like one of those days where the obvious isn't doing what it should do all the time. And you go to a cloud and you're like, oh, this one's working. You're like, this should be better than this. Was it like that or was it just... No, it was, it was actually fairly obvious, like the, the good the good bits of cloud. It was one of those days where the clouds, like from half ten onwards, they just bumped and they were there and they were solid and, and they they worked. Um, but I think what happened, it, it, when, you get, when you go past Taunton, mm-hmm. um, you look at Devon and it kind of narrows and it's only 30 miles across from the north coast to the south coast. Yeah. And then it does that. So as you go through that bit, the air kind of rushes in from either side and it's happened the three times I've been down there and it kind of knocks out a lot a lot of the a lot of the land and it was at that point from Tiverton I was trying to get clear of airspace at Tiverton because it's six and a half and so I was pushing pushing there and then I was like oh now what and 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 yeah I st- there was a there was a one sort of line on the right with tendrils a line on the left with tendrils and the you know there was probably five seven k's between the tendrils and it was completely blue and i was like okay well the sea air on either side uh, and it was at that point that i wasn't sure what was going on and, and guy describes them as zombie clouds like the sea air comes in and these clouds just stay there for a lot, yeah. a lot longer the sea airs pass underneath and the, the, the zombie clouds just sit there and you go to them and this you know the base was lower there's not a lot under it by the time i committed to one i couldn't get back to the other in retrospect i should have gone for the left line but it was really, really shady. And with the basically the, the sun was coming down in the southwest. The wind was the northeast. Yeah. yeah. So the cloud was like strong at the front, the southwesterly side. But then the shadow was extending like a tail behind it. So you were gliding into the tail, trying to get through the shade to get to the upwind side where it was working. And I just thought that's fucking miles away. I'd, I'd barely got the climb at Taunton. You know, I got quite low there. And I thought I'm not going to make that. But I should have gone for it because it was it was the only option. Yeah, and it's uh, like retrospectively, you're looking at it just because of what you went for didn't work, or you knew in your head in the beginning that's what I should have gone for. You're, no, I just... didn't. I, 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 I have something on my flight deck that says plan it out loud because I fucked up at the start of the year when I just did something a bit sort of like um, instinctive and I hadn't thought it through and it didn't work. So I, I really try, and that's why I took the pictures. I was like, right, I, there's this choice, there's that choice. I'm going for this choice, and it, the cloud looked better as I glided towards it, not worse. So I, I thought well, I'll, I'll commit to it. But, um, but looking at the pictures again now, I'm now, you know, thinking, well, actually, that the, the longer, the longer glide under the shade into the better air probably won't. And you know, you, you, you can't get to St Ives. It's just everyone talks about getting to Lands End. If you look at, you look at any RASP or SkySight forecast, it cuts off around a line uh, Exeter to Bude. That's just, yeah. I because even in a howling wind, that's where the sea air comes in and it, it comes back. And the convergence line, you know, it was showing on the day before this little line to St. Bude. So, I, St. Bude, so I, that's where I set the goal. But yeah, I, I, um, I didn't, I didn't connect with it. There you go. Yeah. You it's, uh, when you mention those clouds, like those zombie clouds, where I've seen the most prominent, because I've not flown that flight, where I've seen the most prominent is south wells you get them a lot as you're coming in say you're coming from like 
and they're playing Gokken or someone, you're coming down and you get towards South Wales and you see the sea breeze is, is hit, you can see it early on, and then it just sits there, a line of cloud this a few hundred feet lower than everything else. And it's like it's like there's a pane of glass and there's like paint water dribbling down the glass for a bit, you know, and I see it and it's just sat there and you're like, that is, there's yeah. no point flying into that. That's, that's done for, you know. So yeah. when you're explaining those clouds there, that's exactly what I envisage, those South Wales clouds, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think there's this big myth that Seabreeze fronts. See, look at the convergence. You see the wiggle line on, on you know, along the south coast, don't you? And all yeah. this absolute load of bollocks. I've I've used it successfully two or three times for a short bit for 10, 20 k's. That's it. You know, you, paragliders are just too slow. We can't we can't do that thing that sailplanes can do. So you just you get a bit and then it's in, ahead of you. Mark, I'm, I mean, I'm still figuring out cumulus clouds anyway. Man. I'm not like you're talking about like people talk to me all the time. But Joe always goes on about convergence and stuff. And we flew from magic up to real. And yeah. I lost those guys um, up near Snow, uh, uh, just as you got to Snowdonia. And Joe's like, oh, we should push over to the sea breeze. Look how, breeze, look how good the sea breeze looks. Look how big the convergence looks. And I'm like, I just like. Cumulus, that's it for me. I just those puffy clouds are the ones that work. I'm going to them, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's quite sensible. And you know, we do get you get convergence. Like I've had, if there's a bit of wind, like on the lee side of mountains or the lee side of like going from Garway, you go, you leave the hills, and quite often the air is sort of doing this and 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 going up kind of over the seven, which isn't where you'd expect it to go. But yeah. it's, it's, I think I've I've been learning a bit more about about that sort of convergence but ultimately it's still just a puffy cloud you know and it's just a puffy cloud it's whoop, 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 behind the mountains because that's where it's converging but you, you don't need to know it's converging you just go for the cloud yeah 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 that's i mean people get i, I think uh m the bit one of the biggest mistakes people sort of make when they try and suss out xc because i do a lot of talks for people who are uh, like in the avon clubs for people who are just starting out or they've done like 50k and stuff and like i say to everyone if you've linked three thermals you've flown 100k like you don't accidentally link three thermals so if you're linking three thermals you've flown 100k just keep doing it but i think lots of people start to ignore the cloud or start to fly towards the arrow despite the cloud and even if they go on to things like uh, the league, they'll see how how much deviation we make on a on a triangle or something to go off course. Because I'm sure you'll you'll say this, we fly the cloud. Like if the best cloud means I have to go northwest a couple of k off off Tasso, and that's where I'm going because I want to stay in the air, and that cloud's the way to go. Yeah, I'd go further than that. I mean, after I fucked up in it was this day out and return day in, in April, and James James Chancellor did really well and got back to the hill, and so did Marius, and me and Mark didn't. We were like, "What the fuck happened there?" Got on the bus, and um, and after that, you know, the next flight I had, I, I I went ninety degrees off course. I was like, "Nope, this is shit. I'm going for that cloud. I need to stay in the air." And I think you know that that sort of commitment to to the to, to getting to the right spot and taking it to the top is is what makes a difference and when you're learning xc you might sort of be in a two up that goes to nothing and then you might think well i just have to glide downwind rather than search more for what what you've left and it's that understanding of like the sky as a chessboard and being in the right being in on the black squares and then gliding through the white ones or whatever rather than sort of i think you know i remember that like just being it's all a bit more micro isn't it when you're when you're learning xc and you're learning to thermal read the sky you, you get you you feel a bump and you go quick turn in this and you don't realize that there's there's better stuff okay or whatever it's just yeah it's, we, we're all learning aren't we 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just it's nice for like um, for people to hear someone like yourself say about the the big puffy clouds and stuff because it is that's fundamentally. I mean, I've been lucky enough to fly with you guys now and the the best guys in the country, and I've learned because I've I've flown with you guys. So that's why I've developed the way that I did in paragliding, and it's watching you guys is like, oh, you do the stuff you say you're doing. It's not like you're you're telling me you do something and then. You don't actually don't when I if I'm doing a jiu-jitsu class and I say I'm gonna choke you but I arm bar you, it's not that. You're telling me you're going to the puffy cumulus clouds and you're flying this and dark bottoms with puffy tops are better and oh that is actually what works. And I mean yeah. you, like you I had a flight er, er, really at the beginning of this season. It was only 45k, but it was a great flight from Salesley, and I had it, and it was just because of you. One day we were uh it was completely clouded over, completely clagged in cloud, but there was all different dark shades of black and stuff. And I remember you saying to me once, or not specifically to me, I think we were talking about flying and you'd flown a flight under a cloud. And you were like, yeah, but if you fly to the dark bits, like the dark bits should still be working. Like the, cl- the sky will still be working. And I flew that flight and it was like, it was like flying cumulus clouds, but I was flying the darker, bolder yeah. patches of the sky. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's mad. those days are mad, aren't they? They're, yeah, they're, they're the best days because it's just such a surprise. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, no sun on the ground, yeah. nothing. You know, like, yeah. um, mate, really uh, I know you're um you're you're short on time today, but um I'd like to just touch because I think it's overlooked a bit what you think the mental aspect of what we do. I mean, I think a lot of better pilots and a lot of people who say like, oh yeah, but the, he's a sky god and he's. I think a lot of these people just just manage mentally better in the air even if it's not not with fear or anything i just think even if it's managing the overload of information or just saying like ignoring instruments and looking at the sky let's say and just because you're very beat to bit you know actually a bit further through here what would you say what would you uh say in relation to that like in percentage wise is it a big game the mental aspect is a bigger part of the game uh oh that's a uh, well i guess we've touched on it a bit haven't we in in just thinking about um but it, there's a few aspects there's, there's, there's your bandwidth yeah. uh, and that naturally increases as you do more flying get more comfortable with the wing you know spend longer in the air a lot of pilots struggle to stay in the air after three hours just because of the sheer concentration you know mm-hmm. um and i was talking with another pilot like about the extra bandwidth it takes when you are literally making your own decisions and you're not worrying about what others are doing that that takes that takes more thinking space so so all of that increases the more you fly i guess um but you know you know the thing that i think a, a lot of good comp pilots share is you wouldn't you can't tell at the end of the day if they've had a good day or a bad day they're just like yeah you know they're not kicking their helmet they're not they're not um making excuses they're they're i think that equanimity is is a big part of it i've actually got i've done a mad mad diagram that's <laughs> it's like uh, i'm trying to i'm trying to suss this out basically and i'm yeah. doing a survey of um 50 really really good actually i shouldn't tell you about this because i've got to, i've got to survey like two batches of pilots and i'm not telling pilots which which one they're in but i'm trying okay. to compare, compare set a with set b and set a includes you know russ ogden and 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 uh and, and you know people have done really well in the last couple of years and i'm asked i'm asking them about that about how, how important they think it is to to deal with success and failure equally and, and how important it is to be able to let go of what others are doing and you know all, all that sort of stuff my i think that that matters quite a lot because as i said before it's such a 
a visually comparative sport where people are doing a tiny bit better actually like they're doing miles better because they're you know a thousand feet above you so that dealing with that i think is 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 important because it does fuck with your head obviously um i think i think uh for touching on that i think people yeah. can get i think you can hold people back worrying about what other people are doing yeah you get guys true. who are really good on the hill you see them firming up to three and a half grand they boat around all all <laughs> day at the hill they land after three hours of flying and i'm like yeah. but what you did was an XC. You just didn't go anywhere. Like you yeah. could have done all of those things. Now it's doing that. And I think when they start putting into, when they overcomplicate it or look at other people as sky gods and stuff, they sort of overcomplicate the thing of, look, we, we know what clouds we're going for. We've seen pictures of them. There they are. There's the wind direction. Don't do anything stupid. Try and stay in this good air. And they overcomplicate it by overthinking it. But also, we all, we all, we're all sort of self-evaluating, aren't we? And we're giving ourselves a hard time or a good time. Not all the time, but sometimes during a flight, you might go, "Yeah, I'm nailing it. This is amazing. What a day!" And then, and then, literally, and I, there is a link here. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a link. You are then low on the deck, scrabbling quarter of an hour later. It's quite common for pilots to report that. Now, what's that about? Are they? Are they? A, thinking the day is way better than it is and they're way more confident in their abilities than, than to handle what changes come. And, and B, they then ignore signs of, of, of change. You know, being a bit more cautious and reserved and not beating yourself up and not giving yourself mass, massive pats on the back is, I think, definitely lends itself better to the ever-changing picture of flying where, you know, it's all in flux, it's all in flow. You're making tiny little decisions all the time. You're changing your mind all the time, which suits me down to the ground because I'm useless on the ground. I'm always changing my mind. But when you're gliding, you're always just, you know, going this way or that. So I think having that that sort of, um, yeah, equanimity of, of, of uh, self-evaluation is probably quite important too. Yeah, I think that equanimity is a really good word for it, I think, as well. It's like, yeah, I was thinking like of remaining neutral, but equanimity is a much better uh, way of putting it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just depends how much you do it. Some people don't do it at all. Like in some of the surveys I sent out, they went, yeah, I never do that. I was like, okay, fine. You know, it's all <laughs> different, aren't we? You know, maybe I'm just speaking from my own experience. But, but definitely, you know, other pilots have told me that while they fly really well, what does their head in is when they don't think for themselves and they follow others and then they land and they're like, well, what? Did I? I just didn't fly my own flight. And then you're not learning and you're, you know, you reduce your confidence in yourself and it's a sort of vicious, vicious circle, isn't it? So, yeah, so, yeah. you know, I think a good thing to do is to, to, to land and go, be able to say, no matter how far you went, that was my flight. I flew that myself. I made the decisions. That's the way you develop as a pilot. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And I think a big part of that, though, is knowing uh, I, I, my decision I need to make is to stay with this person, not to go renegade, you know. I think but lots of people will hear that and they'll think that what you're saying is you should just do your own thing, stuff what everyone else is doing. What I you're am, saying is... I am saying that. No, you're not really. I am. No. I am. Now, okay, so it's a bit, it's, it's more nuanced than that, isn't it? But, but ultimately, I am saying that now, if you're going to a patchy area or you're you're you know, you're going towards a cloud with two or three others, then, yeah, it might make sense to fly with them. But you're still doing your own thing. You're not following them. And so many pilots say, oh, I'll just I'll just follow X or I'll do Y. And it's like, no, no, no. If you follow someone, you won't have a clue what they're doing or why. You have to think it through for yourself. And I think this whole the whole staying with the group thing 
yeah, it's it's helpful to be in a group and work together for sure. I'm not knocking it at all, but you have to be making your own calls and on the radio going, I think this, what do you think? Let's do that. You know, be an active part of that group. Because yeah. if you're not, if you're sitting back too much, you're not going to learn. No, yeah, I, I, that I agree with. Um, but if you were, if we're flying and I'm off in a climb and I look and like, I'm looking at you guys and I look, oh, they're doing better than me, but I am still going up. Oh, I'm not. Oh, no. Nice. Nice to say, get there. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's part yeah. of the same process, right? That's yeah, start of, yeah. that's you're like controlling your, your chip. Yeah. Pardon me? You're flying your own flight. You know, yeah, exactly. you are going there for a reason because you're in a crap climate. And, and, but a lot of, a lot of pilots get left behind or or drop or you know if they're in if they're in that situation others are pushing they don't keep up with them because they're being conservative then they'll get left behind because they'll be in a one up and they'll be thinking oh you know I'm actually going to do better than these guys because I'm going to stay high but then they're five k's behind so so again it's having that confidence of yeah my decision is to crack on with with these guys rather than sit half a k behind and just follow um, yeah so basically I think um. Uh, and you've said it perfectly, but what, what I'm thinking is what you're saying is uh, like you're know why you're doing the things you're doing. Though. Yeah. Just know why you're doing. So if the, everyone's going off on bar, know why you're going off on bar. Don't just follow on bar. Don't just be a sheep. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. the other day I was with uh, Lawrence and on the Milton Keynes flight, he, he said to me, Wes, I'm getting drilled behind you, but I can't see too far behind, A, because my neck's really bad, and B, I've got a huge fairing on the back of my thing. So I couldn't see, so I couldn't see where he was. And I was like, dude, I think this cloud over the top of Milton Keynes, that's the only cloud that's left in the sky. That's what we've got to go for. He's like, but I'm low, and I'm like, well, we, we were about 2-2, two, two, I'd say. So I was like, we are quite low. But then I look, and he is like 600 feet below me or something, you know, and... uh I was like, oh, we must have mashed the bar massively to get through the sink, I guess. But I don't want to be on the bar much because I'm coming down. We've got no sky flight. Yeah. So the, the next flight, I was out and I'd be like, I was flying. I was like, Lawrence, just say, so you know, I'm on quarter bar. I am on quarter bar. And he came on. He's like, oh, that makes sense, actually. I'll drop back. And it okay, just like, yeah. little yeah, things nice. like, he was like, oh, I just thought we were going. So I stomped the bar. But it's like, we're going. But it's just little things of knowing why we're going, what we're doing. We're not just smashing it downwind. Yeah. Just trying to creep along, you know. And uh, I'm sure he won't mind me telling that story, you know. But it's the same with, I've been the same in comp. Like I said to Tom, he's like, were you coming on and off the bar? I was like, no, I was trying to get through the sink. He's like, no, nah, I was coming off when it was getting a little bit liftier and then going back on and coming. I'm like, ah, you know. Like, so knowing why you're doing these things rather yeah. than just go. Yeah. And I think, I mean, what has impressed me a lot with um, Andrew this year is when he gets, when he's a bit low, um, it's just that ability to just stick with it and just stay positive and just look for the climb and connect and come up with that. I think that's really, that really does your head in, doesn't it? Like if you're low and you've been a bit left behind. So I think that's a really, really, really good skill to, and, and you, you know, you have to do that for yourself. If you, if you're, if you're, um, you know wherever you are you, you if you end up low you are flying your own flight and and you have yeah. to so so i think just just having that sort of trying to develop that attitude is is really yeah yeah i mean a lot of people like 500 foot in vertical height can yeah. be can the 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 difference in air in that can be just as much as a k yeah. between us yeah. and people don't realize this they think you're in the same air because you're below, below me yeah but what, what I'm in, what I tucked up, I might be in the bottom of it. And that yeah. 500 feet can be as different as the, the kilometre in front of us. So, yeah. Andrew, we flew a couple of flights with um, Andrew and, like, uh, the flights that he's done well is it will be 
getting to the point where we're topping out at the climb and he's still a thousand feet below us, Mincy will climb. And I'm thinking like, right, Andrew's going to get out. He's like, let's go. Boom. Because he knows there's a Mincy climb. He knows there's probably better ahead. Yeah. He's not like, I'm yeah. thinking we'll wait. And he's like, no, let's go. Boom. And he's ready yeah. to go. He's to a very, him. he's a very sociable flyer. And actually, you know, I'm going to contradict myself now because um, if two of you are making completely different decisions and doing different things, it's, you know, that does, that does sort of get in the way of team flying. And I think, you know, Andrew's really nailed the skill of team flying and, and, and staying, staying, staying up, up with you and, you know, finding better lift and working as a team. So, um, but, but equally, you know, we're both, we're both sort of, yeah, I think we're, you're flying your own flight, but yeah, I don't know. You could go on for hours, couldn't you? There's no yeah, right answers. Yeah. There's no yeah. right answers at all. It's like, no, no, there's, there's really not. Really. But it's just so intricate. It's such a kind of uh, intricate, interesting game. And, you know, you could, it's just, yeah, you could do it every day and still have lots to talk about, can you? I mean, it's like, that's like with the magazine, you know, done it for, well, God knows, 25 years or something now. And, you know, I, I'm lucky. I sort of sit back from it a bit, but there's always stuff to talk about. There's always stuff to write about. So with the magazine... Um, it's going. How, what was the evolution? <laughs> how did that come about? How did your involvement... What what happened? I so know it's I, probably a bit I, longer than you'd like. That Cross question Country was right always now. like, uh, the you know, really nice magazine. I could never afford to subscribe to it when I was, when I was growing up. But then I, I was... Uh, we had this... In like 96 to 2000, we had this thing called the World Air Games. It's an FAI Cat 1 comp. And there was the Europeans, the Worlds, and the World Air Games. And the World Air Games is kind of like the baby, but it's trying to bring together lots of air sports into one country to kind of try and do a sort of like um, joined up thing, I guess. And I won that in 97. And Sherry Tevenow, the editor, I met Sherry Tevenow, the editor then, and she'd been doing it for like 12, 13 years, and she was clearly a bit sick of it. So she hiked me in, and I, I started working for her straight straight after university. And then about six months into working for her, um, and she made me the editor, and I was earning about six grand a year. She made, she'd um, she spotted an opportunity, but then she went on, went on holiday to America with her kids, and her office was upstairs in this house in France. And Gerard Tevenot was her husband, very sort of famous hang glider pilot at the time. And I came back from a competition, and Gerard was there with another lady. Oh. <laughs> I was like, okay, so. <laughs> Sherry's away, it was all a bit awkward. And um, Sherry comes back and she's like, uh, <laughs> there's another woman being here. And I was like, yeah, they have, yeah. And then it's World War Three, And, um, you know, understandably, she wanted to shop the magazine, anything to do with flying. And I was like, great, I've done this for six months. My, my name's going to go down with it, you know, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Edited for six months and then flopped. So, uh, I rang Steve Senior, who was uh, he did the meet directing for the the comp this year. Really nice guy, and he he's he was, you know, really kind of entrepreneurial and enthusiastic. And I was like, Steve, help! <laughs> he, he said, okay, so he he um, it didn't cost a lot of money, but he he chipped in some money. I I chipped in a couple of grand that I'd been given from a um from my grandmother when she died, and um, we bought it, and we went to Santa there in in. 98 set up a trestle table and kind of off we went and um i was very you know i was 20 21 22 and effectively yeah, yeah. self-employed in this sport i loved i mean it was incredible um and you know yeah it kind of went from there i guess and and um yeah and, and i've been a there was a couple of years when i wasn't involved with it but i'm a part owner with verity and ed and marcus now it's a bit it's all it's a, it's a partnership really and um yeah. 
yeah we travel along but my main my main job is yeah nhs but i do do cross country on thursdays and fridays and yeah love it yeah i mean yeah, it's, I mean, uh, it's the flagship magazine isn't it it's like the the if you're into paragliding other than sky wings it's um, yeah, we do our best we do our best <laughs> the high bar. It, it's obviously a like it's a fabulous magazine it's a, br- a brilliant magazine and it's uh like if you're if you're into to paragliding, you know cross country magazine. It's that simple. But I often had spoke to you, and I didn't realize that there was some like sordid Columbo esque love affair involved in it, which makes even an even better story. You could never let the magazine go now. No, but- I mean I, I I did get out of it for a bit when Bob 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 and Marcus and Bob Drury and and Marcus and and Verity uh, bought it in twenty. 20- nine 2009 2010 when i was retraining in psychology and i was like great new new path all the rest of it and then about 2011 i was like i really miss it actually because it's it's just nice being involved with a, a business that's you know with friends and it's really unique you know it's like we publish books and it's just it's just fun it's just really good fun and and you know trying to make something as high quality as you can is is it's it's great yeah and you know we we don't have any any sort of commercial competition in terms of there have been mag- other magazines that have come and gone but we're we're, we're lucky in, in being the only kind of worldwide magazine so yeah just wish the, the, the post prices would come down a bit yeah it's a but it's a brilliant resource for the community right as in what it gives back in articles and stuff but also if anyone releases a book cross country like promotes the book and you know like you can always come together and do articles and always think like lots of people might not realize like you're open to a, a, a pilot can approach you and say look i've got like i really think this is something that's lacking or missing is there any way of doing an article about this or something it's made up of articles and information from from the community from the sport yeah absolutely and, and you know that's when when I was reading it, that's what I love is all the little stories from pilots around the world and learning about, you know, someone doing a new thing in the Rockies. So it's like, you know, just open your eyes and it'd be nice to encourage that as much as we can, you know. Um, and the temptation is always to stick stuff straight on Facebook, isn't it? Because it's it's ready and it's there. Um, but if people, you know, got an idea for they want to write a bit longer and, you know, have a bit more of a think about it, then, yeah, definitely we, we would welcome it. <laughs> um, what, well, mate, listen, you've said... Uh... You have to go, and I'm going to let you go. Um, you, I guess, it's back to work. That's it. The season's over, mate. No point looking at the look at anything now. Get your head into psychology. Don't worry about the weather forecasting or anything for the next couple of weeks. It's all over. Looks like it, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> mate, it was lovely to talk to you. Um, I could, obviously, you know me. I'll talk all day. Um, you're someone who is equally willing to listen and talk so it was a pleasure to have you on mate and i'm sure we'll get another one um done soon because you're a, a great guest and someone i enjoy speaking with so yeah pleasure no nice talking to you guys see you Cheers, uh, mate. see you soon Cheers.